Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Keen Minds. We're covering NBC's The Blacklist. This is Season 5, Episode 20, Nicholas T. Moore. My name is Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I'm Tessa. And how did you like it? I didn't. <laughs> I, oh, I was not a fan. Okay. <laughs> I, um, I, I liked pieces like of the it. The roasting barbecue of people alive or uh, snapping <laughs> of Samar? It was just... The blacklister for me felt like they just run out of ideas. And that was my biggest complaint about it. I, I liked pieces of it. Um, Fiona was great. I, I all, you know... I. I, I'm partial to Fiona, so I'm always going to cheer her on. Um, but overall, my my big, big complaint was the Blacklister just... Like, Red sent her on a wild goose chase. They made Liz dumb again to fall for that. Because as soon as he did, I was like, that was a plant. Haven't you known him long enough for that? So sent Liz on a wild goose chase, which was just that. The Blacklister was a wild goose chase. This was a complete filler episode, with the exception of affirming some things that we pretty much already knew, except for the fact that Carla is apparently dead. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that. Yeah, uh, but I mean, we, we didn't learn anything really new about Red's past. Not really. And a couple the black of details, but not I, I, I feel that like I would we, say, we had some things wow. affirmed. Yeah, I think we had some things affirmed that were assumed. I mean, that he was protecting his family, that sort of thing. I, you know, that's always nice. It was kind of like at the end of 508, or in the middle of 508 when we had those flashbacks, where it was like they were confirming that Tom loved Liz all along. It's like, oh, well, at least, you know, the Tom Keen fans have known this for a long time, but thank you for confirming that. I, I feel like that's kind of how it was with Red. It's like, well, we've known that he was probably protecting his family in some format, because he does have a huge protective streak in him. Okay, well, thank you for confirming that, but... After having no mythology most of this season, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, it just, it drives me insane. So we had a very, very blah blacklister that didn't make a whole lot of sense. There were a lot of plot holes in there. It felt very much like they had run out of ideas. They were like, okay, we need, we need to stretch this to the end. What can we do for a blacklister here? There, I understand not every show is going to be a home run, but you gotta... There have been a... If it were just... Every, you know, handful of episodes, there was one that was kind of meh, which is the way it used to be. Now it's turned just the opposite, in which every few episodes you have one, you're like, holy crap, there they are! We found them! And then the rest of them are very blah, very mediocre, and you're just going, this is not the blacklist I love. By you, I do mean me. <laughs> yeah, I have a very, very, I'm, I'm surprised. I, I've seen around, uh, among the super fans, I've seen around uh, some people thinking like you, but uh, you know that I have my little stable of casual viewers. I, I, you know, I pet them very often and they come usually after, after the episode to, 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 to chat and see my opinions. And uh, they loved it. I mean, they loved it. I gotta say, I'm, 
I did like the episode. I like the blacklister. I thought it was a great take on, on a few cases that have, you know, there are their Scientology, the village. There is there is a lot of, of it's a nice take on those. The roomies, I mean, reaction, just, the roomies reaction, who's the closest thing to a casual viewer I've got left, because all the casual viewers I knew have left by this point. Mm-hmm. They've gotten tired and they've left. So the roomie is the closest thing to the casual viewer that I've got now. And as soon as it came around, she goes, oh, my God, another cult? <laughs> that was her reaction. <laughs> well, we've had, we've, we've revised this cult thing. We've had the Kenyan family. We've had, um, uh, there's been a couple more. I'm yeah, um, you had the, the Vem. The I Vem. Think, uh, the Vem was very cultish. Yes. Um, you had the one with the kids, uh, with all the kids, was was semi-cultish. Um, Lady Ambrosia. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that was a, a little different, but more, yeah, I mean, it's, it's. I, I liked it because it's, it's just crazy enough, and you know that the kind of things actually happen. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, and I, I went to school in, about the book, I'm like, oh, boy. I went I mean, to school in Waco, so, I mean, we had the David Koresh thing, maybe decade and a half, two decades before I was there. I mean, so it's, you know, <laughs> know about the cults, the crazy cults that happen. <laughs> so I, I, I liked it. I thought it was, it was a nice, a nice episode to have that kind of wild goose chase because Red chose something that was just Perfect. I wouldn't be surprised if Red knew all along would, you know, have read the book or something like that. Um, but but it, it, the point is that he chose the weirdest thing around that looked like a blacklister. And it came in a newspaper like so many he had done, you know, like, hey, look at the newspaper. It's like the CIA guy that was kidnapped in uh, in Ruslan Denisov or so many others that have that have started with a little piece on the news. Well, I thought it was good. Liz did say, she said it. it's exactly like we'd see on the blacklist, you know, on his blacklist. This is, and I mean, she even made that comment. So yeah, my biggest issue with that was the fact that the way that he did it was so pronounced, it made Liz look like an idiot. The camera work. The camera work done to us made us Maybe. realize that that was it. He didn't really do it that that obvious because all he did was put the newspaper and put his foot on it. Um, so that wasn't really that obvious. The camera work. And maybe I you're right. Watching and I saw it's like, oh, man, I mean, the camera work just gave it away. I mean, you don't have to be that obvious. Or maybe they do. Maybe now they're they're making it that obvious so that people realize he's sending her in a wild goose chase. But my my objection over that is not so much that 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 Liz fell for it because Liz is bound to fall once in a while for those things. She does it all the time now. But give me a break, and I'm trying not to use obscenity on this one. Um, there she is, and tell and Red is. She's saying, "Well, I I, I thought I, sh- I should honor her request," and Red said, "Sure." Honey, he's not telling you that it was a wise thing or that he applauds you. It tells you great because that means that now I get to go at her uh, because you're honoring her request to stay away from her. Um, And then there she goes again. You know, (laughs) Red doesn't say that he's not going to try to contact 
And it's like that what Dembe, what I found interesting in all that is that Dembe, not 10 episodes ago, Dembe was telling him that that was a clever way, a polite way of saying that he's lying, that he was being honest without telling the truth. And Dembe has been telling this to, to, to Red in many ways. You're lying. You're, it's a polite way of being that you're lying. And, you know, it's like your lying is becoming the, the motto of, of Dembe. You're lying. You're not being honest. Uh, you shouldn't be here. You told Elizabeth you wouldn't be here. And Red is back. It's, he's like those, those uh, guys who get caught up doing, or those kids who get up doing something bad, like stealing the cake or something, and they get slapped or they get, and then they go like, mm, okay, and, you know, spend like the next, next two cakes being good. And the third cake that starts getting back in there and taking a bit from the bottom or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, Red is back being Red. He's super confident. He's. Uh, did you notice that he's actually spying on Jennifer? He I mean, has, he has the phones tapped, yeah. And people following her. This is not my shocked face, but my question no. is, if he can do all that, why couldn't he find her? And that, that, was, that was another big issue that... I had no problem with the fact that they killed Carla off. It was the problem that I had with it was why it happened and the fact that they basically made it look like that Red had no clue where she went. I mean, what did he do? Drop her off in the woods with Frank and then just cut ties? Because he he was supposed to be the one keeping her safe. He took her away from protective custody, so he was supposed to be keeping her safe. So what happened? I mean, there's nothing. All it took was some small comment about her, you know, telling him to get lost or something. And I I just felt like, and they did, they did make the nod back to, to Carla getting her finger cut off and all that to make it thankful. Because up until that point, I was going, do they even remember what happened in season two? Like, did it just totally slip someone's mind? And then they made that comment and went, well, okay, that's good at least. They do remember that this happened, but mm. it just, the way that they went, and I don't know if maybe something got knocked off in the cutting board room. I don't know. It just, the whole scene was really bizarre to me. Yeah. And also the question of why on earth would anybody shoot Carla, who has no current ties to Reddington, who doesn't even know where she is, if they're going after her to get to Reddington, why wouldn't he know? Why wouldn't that be flaunted right in front of him? Okay. Now you ask a, uh, a question of theory. So there we go. Go. Go, Tessa. Go. Okay. <laughs> go. All right. So if you, if you remember back to 201, what we're told is uh, Red recognizes uh, Lord Baltimore finds uh, um, Carla, they're going after her. Red looks at the profile, says that's her. The, the U.S. Marshals come to her house. Then the FBI arrives, and she's telling Liz about all this thing. She was, you know, she was interrogated, and then they were put in, in and, and taken to Philadelphia. Uh, by the way, where she is. So... That's what we learn, okay? So she's still in Philadelphia. The U.S. Marshals know where she is. She's not like, oh, my God, how did you find me? No. She's like, 
he's back, right? And she's doing her impersonation of terrified. And um, then we get to 202, and then we have Liz brings the FBI file on Jennifer. And the FBI file says that Jennifer was put in protective custody in 1990. And then in 2007, Jennifer left. And the U.S. Marshals have no idea where she is. She lost contact with the U.S. Marshals. Well, now go back and then on 204, she says that I'm not telling you. She knew she left because she knew that you would come for her. And I have no idea where she is. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now, what does Jennifer say? Oh, no, she was a very decent person. Because she left, well, not in the middle of the night like you did, but she sat me down. That makes a big difference. She sat me down when I was in college and told me where she was leaving. Yeah, well, the seven-year-old in the pink pajamas kind of Is doesn't understand that, right? Yeah, that, that thing. But then she says that her mother left her in order for her not to be found and be forced to tell where she is. Except that Ren cannot find Jennifer, but Lord Baltimore couldn't find Jennifer either because he was looking for her. In fact, when Berlin thinks that Zoe is Red's daughter, he's like already, I mean, he's getting the torture instruments out and laying them out and, you know, like planning the whole thing. And then he realizes his own daughter. So he was ready to do that to Jennifer because he thought Zoe was Jennifer. He just couldn't find it. So this whole thing doesn't make any sense because now Jennifer is saying it's Carla who left and she who got, who stayed. That doesn't make sense because the U.S. Marshals already told you that they left, that she left and they don't have no contact with her. They don't know where she is. And there it is, Garvey saying that Garvey always knew where they both were or at least knew where Jennifer was. So the whole thing is not making any sense. And I think that as soon as Red started hearing the details, I could see he looked pained, but the pained expression changed. And I have my personal feeling, and I have nothing to back it up, it's just my personal feeling, is that he started feeling very sorry for Jennifer. Because I think that Carla, it makes no sense, as you said, why on earth would anybody kill Carla? Without telling Red, two bullets, it's like that was personal. If that ever happened, it's because it was personal. Somebody was out to get her. It had nothing to do with Reddington. So either was the husband that decided that he wanted to go back to Monica and the dog because she was, you know. Uh, or um, my theory is right, and Carla is Katerina, and she's a serial fake death faker. So every time she gets tired of something, she just fakes her death. She just has a collection of tombstones. <laughs> it's funny because I actually just made a comment like that in my my AU that I'm writing. Wrestler looks at Tom and is like, "Do you have a collection of death certificates?" And he's just like, mm-hmm. uh. <laughs> "Yeah, I, 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 I the world of espionage right there. <laughs> collection of death certificates and tombstones." <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. And then you know, then Frank tracked her when. Red couldn't, and Lord Baltimore couldn't track her, and Berlin couldn't track her with all the trackers because it wasn't Baltimore, it was just one. But he had hired like three or four of them, and none of them could find her. So now, either either the writing has gone so bad as to be comical, or we are on the verge of learning something very intriguing about it because the, the story does. It's the same thing. Remember what I always tell, like there is. 
that story, how Berlin found Liszt, didn't quite mesh. It looked like it until you started looking at the little details. And then it just, it's, it's like a puzzle. It doesn't fit. It may be in the general vicinity, but there's a missing piece. And I knew that there was a missing piece that we got in 508. I feel that we have the same situation now. We'll I honestly feel that, that either either Jennifer is the biggest actress that we've seen so far, and she's and this whole thing was or that she had the wool pull over by, by her mother. Yeah, I, I, it could be either or with her. Um, it's hard to say. I hope we see Fiona back. I hope that she's not gone for good because I, I really like her. And it could yeah. be that's the story that, that they cooked up to get Red to leave her alone. I mean, because that was her final thing is, you know, I've given you this. Now will you walk away? Yeah, and that Red saying yes was, um, I'm not sure I believe Red, but then Red is becoming less and less believable. Is it's he's becoming so cocky that is it's it, it doesn't even anymore is red speak. He's just lying now. Yeah. I just oh, he's exhausting these days. It's it's so sad because he started out as one of my very favorite characters in this show, and now I just I, I know I you love still him. love him, and I'm I'm glad you could keep that because I feel nothing but exhaustion and irritation towards him. Did you, were you glad to see Dr. Loman, uh, Loman back and Smokey? Wait a minute, awesome. I, I don't know. Smokey rubs me the wrong way. I don't know how I feel about him. Some days I really like him and some days I'm just like, oh no. Oh, I love, I love the outfits. Oh my God. I, I love that. May, I think it may be the sideburns that get me. <laughs> the sideburns are just so extra. <laughs> Like, what's wrong with you, man? I, I had a I had a great time watching Smokey. Um, the seventies called. I, <laughs> Starsky yeah, and Hutch called. Yeah, he, yeah, I don't know. I like him. Um, how did you like about seeing the doctor back? Uh, when have we seen her before? I didn't remember her. She was in uh, the Endling. She's the expert. Do- doctors with no with no morals. Doctor with her morals. Ah. Oh. The one that you go there and says that you have a problem with your with your with your poodle or something, and and she says no, but she, I left her here or something like that, and that's how okay. she. Okay. All right. That's no, the I one forgot the, about her. Uh, with the uh, boar pie. Okay. The scrumptious boar pie in in Ireland. Okay. Well, I, I like it when they do that, where they tie people back in like that. So kudos. I, I didn't realize it, which is funny because the actor that played Nicholas Moore, I could have sworn, like, if I'd seen him on anything else, I would have just assumed I'd seen him on Blacklist. I don't know. He's who, very Blacklister kind of. I guess. I don't know who he reminds me of that's been on the Blacklist before. But when he came on, or I looked at the room and I said, hasn't he been on before? Is he, a, is he a repeat? And she's like, I don't know. We looked him up at IMBD, and he's never been on before, but he's been on, like, everything else. And so I must have just seen him on half a dozen other shows. I loved him. And I can tell you, this, I, 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 there's a few things I have not been able to stomach in the blacklist. And this scenes, honestly, I wasn't even able to watch again when they're, like, going to barbecue people alive. What I found most interesting about the Blacklister, and probably one of the reasons why I liked it a lot more than, than a lot of the super fans, is that it played a very interesting theme. 
this is a good father trying to bring his sick daughter out of that cold thing to get her medical help. And there is a bad mother who just stays there and watches as the father gets cooked. Then the girl is brought back to get, to get her cooked. I mean, what kind of mother does that? Because that's that's past indoctrination. That's you know what. So long as they don't cook me, I'm well. Cooked. I mean, she no. She, I wouldn't say she was good with it. I, I think that's that's cult brainwashing right there. Because she was on the fence about it, and then her. I think that was her mother there that was saying, you know, that's not our girl. And so, I mean, if you truly believed that, that she'd been basically like her soul had gotten sucked out of her, or whatever it was they believed, you know, and that was just the shell. And had been possessed by something. I, I wasn't entirely sure what they believed in that, but that's the impression I got. Um, then I'm not at all condoning this, by the way. That is not at all what this is. But like, I I could. Good thing that that Jen just told us that. <laughs> I feel like I need to add that. <laughs> Sorry, I get so far into people's head spaces sometimes. I have to back up and go. Wait, wait. I just want to let you know this is not my point of view. <laughs> This is me getting into a yeah, character's that, headspace. I mean, honestly, I had trouble breathing in that scene when they when they put the girl in that in the it cooker. Just, it reminded me of Game of Thrones when uh, what's his name burned his kid alive. I'm just I looked at it, I was like, all oh. right, here we go again. <laughs> oh, they did that in uh, in Game oh, of Thrones. Oh yeah, like I I just got I don't remember what the character's name is. I'm I'm horrible with him. Um, like I had just gotten to the point where I was okay with the character, and then he did that, and I went, nope, bye, you're dead. <laughs> Yeah. So relish in your death, you know, and then I did. Um, <laughs> but uh, now you don't burn kids alive. Like, that's a no no for me. Um, but even the guy was like, it was just. Yeah, well, the roomies think she goes, because you couldn't possibly shoot the man and put him out of his misery before you burn him alive. No, that would be humane. Um, I, and I see you said you had, you were not sure why it was that got him. It was them, but they were seen through those, uh, I don't know, 1950s gas masks. So everything looked like blurry. Okay, so so they went after him and got yes. him. And so they beat him to a pulp. And, yes. Okay. So basically they're their own Olos. Yes. Okay. Isn't um, that like, what is it, the, the, the true darkness? It wasn't Red said um, the, the, the true, the dark forces, uh, for most people, the dark forces are the, 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 of the forces within. I was going to say, uh, another cult. We were talking about all the cults that we've had over time. Uh, season two with the key, when he went looking for the key and the, yeah, the hippies. It, and the, oh, yes. There you go. I knew that yeah, was Yeah, with, with the, the virus that they were spreading. Yeah. The front. Yeah. What were they called? The front. The front. Yes, that was them. I was going to say, um, I, I just remember the, the key and the wind chimes and, yeah, all of that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I had some... I understand thematically why they did the, you know, dragging away because it's supposed to look like an animal pulling him and all of that. It just, knowing later that it was a human being, it just doesn't really compute in my brain. Um, but I guess for the casual viewer, maybe they were okay with it. I don't know. By the end of it, but between just trying to wrap my mind around this dude wrote a book and then decided, I want my own cult. And so what, he went and convinced a bunch of people to form this cult with him, and to do so, they were going to murder anybody that left? Like, that doesn't make sense. So he's been murdering these people's kids for a while oh. now, and nobody's been fighting against him? I, that, that's what was unclear to me. I, 
I couldn't quite wrap my like I understand the the people that were born there. Like, but the problem with the writers when they don't get acknowledged, you know, that's one of the things they may start their own cults with their books. <laughs> Listen now. <laughs> so be careful not to start your own cult. It's okay. I will do my trying. best. Yeah. I will try Just to stay away from cult starting, and, and it would be fine. So he wrote this one book, and then went bizarre and. Berserk trying to make you believe. Hey, we're a crazy lot. What can I say? Writers mm. are a crazy lot. Um, <laughs> I think it was just a self job that they were having fun of when, you know, with that. I, okay, so my folks are not not on the creative spectrum at all. Like, they, they are both very analytical human beings. We, we really don't know how I came into existence. I was convinced for a very long time I was adopted. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I was talking I mean, you're a changeling, except you look just like your mom. So Yeah, I look just like my mom, and I've got a bunch of stuff from my dad's side of the family. Like, yeah, like, there's no... Yeah, anyway, but my personality is entirely different when it comes to creative versus analytical. Anyway, and I was talking to them the other day, and I was talking about a story, and I, I don't want to give any spoilers in case any of our listeners are reading my story. I said, yeah, you know, I was going through my notes and blah, 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 and I knew I knew this had to happen eventually, but then I realized, oh, I need to shoot so-and-so tonight. <laughs> I'm just oh. talking to them, and they went, there's something wrong with you, isn't there? <laughs> I was like, the thing is, I can have these conversations with writers, and it's totally normal. <laughs> the joke used to be that the NSA listened in to us, not because we were doing anything wrong, but because they got story time from us. <laughs> well, oh my god. Um, what did you make of Samar being abducted like that? I felt like, Really? Yeah. What happened? Did she got stupid suddenly? I mean, like, I things happen in the field. Stuff happens. But, one, I'm sorry, unless he dosed her with something, nobody's unconscious that long without brain damage happening. Like, that that's coma-level unconsciousness right there. I think they both were out. Because the girl was also... Well, like, I know she was, but, like, they didn't show them dosing them with anything. And maybe they did. Maybe that's what we're supposed to assume. I don't know. And if that's the case, okay, maybe I get that. But we didn't see that. We saw her get knocked out. And then, then you know, we don't see her conscious again until they're driving. And I'm going, okay, that's that's not good. That's not how that works, you know. And to be fair, TV takes oh, yeah. unconsciousness to a Apparently, and it's funny because I, I used to follow a medical blog that used to be very active. And... Whenever you get knocked unconscious, that's a concussion. I was not aware of that as a writer, which I should have been, but I wasn't. Because I've grown up watching TV and movies and reading books where, you know, the hero is going at something, someone knocks him over the head, and he's unconscious, and he pops up, and he's fine. Tom Keen, for the last four seasons. How many times has this man been knocked over the head? He really probably should have had brain damage by now. How many times he's been unconscious from mm -hmm. pilot to now? <laughs> or till, you know... Halfway through this season. Um, because, and so I understand TV takes some some poetic license there, and that's fine. I'm cool with that. You know, I, I've stretched things. I'm not above that. But it was just bizarre. I felt like it was, well, we need something to do with this. And, and maybe it'll be an interesting storyline. I don't know. I, I'll wait until next week for full judgment. But it, it was kind of a weird thing for me. 
Yeah, I, I've had, you know, that I've, 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 I predicted that she will die or be really damaged a long time ago. I got a lot of people upset about it. But I'm sorry. You know, I know she's just like lifting her hand, like almost out of yeah, the I'm raising, I'm raising my hand going, me, me, I was upset with this. <laughs> but I mean, okay. that's it. See, I, 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 I knew that it was going to happen because, I mean, they don't do happy good. Well, and John so, has straight up said that he does not, uh, and I, I'm not quoting him directly. I don't remember what interview it was. I wish I knew because I know that I read. They don't do happy. Huh? Yeah, he was like, I don't really know how to write relationships. And I just couldn't, I don't remember if I was listening to it or if I read it. And I just looked at him and went, really? No, he's not relationship. He's not good writing. Happy relationship. Happy yeah, relationship. well, I mean, that's, you know. And I'm just going, then find someone that can. Because, like, I understand you've got to put some some difficulties in there. Don't get me wrong. I mean, every... Every step of the way, they've got to have something fighting against them. I mean, that's just writing. That's mm-hmm. that's great. That's good writing. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they need to be fighting each other or that there needs to constantly be something keeping them apart. It gets exhausting. And, and that's, I mean, we've already been through it with the Keens. It's like, at this point, any Keen Squared fans are still along for this ride, which are fewer and fewer as time goes on, I think. Um, we're going, okay, come on, Saram. <laughs> like, our little Saram flag over in the corner. Hey, all I can say is, I knew it. I did say it. Okay. I don't I'm know. sorry I if I'm a, a little... Re- feeling. I'm sorry if I'm a little feeling. reluctant to pat you on the back for this one. Yeah, I know. I wasn't expecting it. Don't worry about it. It's not um, that I don't respect your your prediction capabilities. It's that I'm just shaking my oh, head at the whole situation. I don't, I don't respect them at all. I don't. Don't worry <laughs> about it. I noticed that we also got Edward back. I did too. It was okay. That was a highlight for me because I've been complaining that I wanted to know what happened to Edward since that he lost they the plane. Him, they were they left him in Vienna with the. Uh, uh, surrounded and they were like yes. going over his suits and his, I was like, no, and his not uh, Edward. like we don't even have an actor that plays him and yet I'm very attached to this man <laughs> you don't understand well we've been calling him forever um, the one thing that, that caught my attention is that um, a lot of people are saying that Red is definitely not the father because he wasn't even talking in the third person about the father, why your father did that. But if you think about it, that is exactly what Red did with Liz. He dissociates the father in him from the criminal in him. Well, I mean, it's the same way. We, we talked about this uh, back in season three with Agnes. It was the baby, the baby, not Agnes. Not I mean, obviously, he wasn't going to say his grandchild at that point, but not he, he didn't call her by the name for, for the longest time. It was just the baby. The girl, the baby. Yeah, the girl and the baby, and and we talked about it at the time because it's for me it was very odd, and I think it I think you were the one that said he was he was putting that degree of separation there to keep himself steady, and so that yes he's just doing it again with Jennifer and he does it with Liz and I mean that's it's a self the father died yeah. her father died and it wasn't just Liz's father the one who died it was also Jennifer's father he. Mm-hmm. He could not be a father anymore. Now, the one thing that, that drew my attention well, it was go- in 1990. No, no, hang on. It goes back to your 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 cut scene that you like, your deleted scene. Yes. 
Oh, this actually did it for me. <laughs> Sorry. There's a celebration going on over here. <laughs> no, but it's very much your deleted scene from season three where Red says that, you know, that you basically can't do both. When someone's waiting for you to come home, you can't go out there and do your job like nobody is. Or at least be going to one of those revenge things or that kill your soul and expect to be back yeah. and be a father. And the thing that Red didn't know about Tom at the time is that that was not what he was in for because Liz was alive. And so he was just trying to, you know, negate the, the threat there. Mm. But it's that is exactly where I think he is right now. There we go. They really shouldn't have cut that. Ugh. <laughs> oh. Um, what did you thought about all that Red is telling Jennifer and Jennifer's reaction to all of this? Because Jennifer, I mean, first of all, Jennifer has a comment there, like, uh, you wouldn't be honest until properly motivated. I loved that comment. That sounds to me like Jennifer had heard a lot of things about Red. And since the last you remember of Red was, you know, her sweet, honest, and, and, uh, and good daddy, either she's been actually following Red or Carla has been telling her a lot of things about Red. Or maybe even Liz, because that really sounded like a Liz statement. Maybe she and Liz had a sit down after after Garvey died and Liz said, listen, I'm going to do what I can to keep him away from you, but you know Reddington, there's a good chance he'll show up. Let me give you Reddington 101. Because that sounded like be a surprised. that sounded like a Liz comment that he wouldn't be honest until properly motivated. Does that not sound like something Liz Keen would say? Yeah. And so yeah, that's that's really where where I'm. I, I had a feeling that they may be together in this, that they're doing something about this. That um, because I think that there was. If there was anything in Jennifer that said, well, how come that you were with her and I'm not? I think that once they saw that scene in the bar with the guns, that notion that, you know, oh, you know, jealousy about my sister now is that kind of went away. So I'm I'm not sure what's going on in there, but I have a feeling it's going to be pretty interesting to watch. Well, I feel like something needs to unfold between them because there's still the whole question. I mean, yes, I'm aware if your theory is correct and Katarina and and Carl are the same person. But let's just for the moment say that it's not and they're two separate people. Then Jennifer's also realizing, I mean, she's looking at Liz's age. If she's never met Liz before, Mm -hmm. she's looking at her and going, she's only a few years younger than me. That means my my dear, sweet, wholesome daddy had an affair and, an, you know, an illicit and child. Unless being under a rock, she knows that the affair was with a Soviet spy. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean... Nobody's questioning about him. Nobody's saying, hey, not only did you abandon it, but what were you doing before you abandoned it? I yeah, mean, exactly. Exactly. And, and, is there another family there? I mean, how come that you were out with her? Uh, you didn't abandon her to protect her? Yeah. Or I mean, no, none of them are asking anything about each other. Neither Liz is asking like, okay, now you told me about my mother. Now I want to know about your wife because I have a half sister. Liz is not asking that. And Jennifer is not asking, explain to me because I thought you were kind, but obviously you weren't. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, these are the things that I thought as a child, and yet you've disproven them just by the fact that you obviously had an affair, and here's the child, and she's more important than me? Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, there, there are I a lot definitely. of questions out there. So if Jennifer just disappears into the ether, I'm going to be very put out. You will hear me griping about it for a very long while. Fair yeah, it's, it's not, it, it doesn't make any sense. The way they presented things and, you know, she doesn't want to even talk to him again. And then there is the damn thing about Carla is killed and Frank tracks her. Frank yeah. tracks her. When Red couldn't and, and Lord Baltimore couldn't. Frank was an idiot. <laughs> he was an idiot. He was a total stupid man who also had affairs. So that kind of decent man were having it on with Monica and her dog. Well, not the dog. Was <laughs> but there was definitely a dog involved in the situation. And Pee Wee Herman. Um- <laughs> oh, my God. So here we are. I mean, it's like, excuse me. There is something here that we need to talk about. So... I agree, no. and, and I'm hoping, I I feel like I still have enough faith in them at this point. I mean, it's on very, very shaky ground where they're at. And I, and I will say, once again, I hope that I'm proven wrong. I hope that it just, bam. I mean, John keeps saying, oh, the ending's going to be so great. You're not going to see it coming. It's going to be the best cliffhanger ever. And I'm going, well, honey, you haven't given us anything all season. All you've done is take. So if you give us a morsel it's going to be something you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean when you take everything away from your audience and then like give a little speck back i mean it's still something i guess maybe it looks like a lot more <laughs> but um it's i i hope that that maybe the the jennifer and liz are playing a game on this i would love that because once again, I love smart Liz. I love Liz dancing around people. I love Liz using her profiling skills. Um, uh, I'm blanking on the episode name with the the lady team that she went undercover with, with the diamonds and the... The harem. The harem. Yeah, seems like a very obvious... Yeah. Um, like in the harem, when she used her profiling skills to just twist people around i love that in liz she's fantastic in that Or when she played reddington in this time Mm -hmm. by by um giving the tip about abraham stern and then using red asking her for help that was a fun list but i think that that there you know there is something in this mythology that doesn't square and as i said it's either Absolutely outstanding writing, or it is so poor as to be comical. I'm not sure what it is. I am not going to make my mind. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, but let's say that my patience is wearing very, very muslin thin. Yeah. It's like one of those um, see-through curtains now. Very thin. It's a, it's a 90s shirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh. Not... Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I still have a smidge of hope, but I just, I feel yeah. like, I, I, and I, I guess part of my, a lot of this is, is on me, because I came into this show, and I had been very, very badly hurt by a set of showrunners 
that I, I won't mention. If anybody follows my blog, you know who they are. <laughs> um, that, that had just decimated a truly fantastic show. And because they didn't understand what a long game is. Um, they, they just, they had a great overarching idea, but couldn't pull it out for the long run. And, and apparently wouldn't put people around them that could. Um, and I don't know if that's just something that happens in the industry because of ego. I don't know. But um, I'm not currently in the industry, so I couldn't tell you. But I came in and the Johns were just, I was, it was season two when I came in and they were still going super strong. It was only getting better and better with each season. And I was sitting there and watching all my rewatches, all these little tie-ins, all these threads coming together that you didn't notice on the first and second rewatch, but the third and the fourth and the fifth, all of a sudden, these things were all tying together, and you could see where it was going, and it was brilliant, and it was beautiful, and I was so excited because this is the kind of writing that I live for, and then it was like we hit a brick wall, and suddenly the writing went downhill in season five, and things stopped mm. making sense, and I... I don't know if I just put them on such a high pedestal that it could never stand or or what the situation is. But well, I hope, I hope in the end, they come up with something that doesn't leave me as bitter as I've been this season. Because I know that I've been very bitter. I, I think that there is, there is, there gotta be something going on. Season five, it seemed like, it seems like they changed direction in season four because that deleted scene of Kate and Liz made a lot more sense. Um, you know, that was a scene in which you could see, you know, the, you know, Liz questioning what she was doing and the whole thing. Uh, but then in season five, sure, it was fun, and sure, we were getting parallels everywhere, but there was not a can of fact to be had. Three in that, because we have not seen, I mean, maybe now we have four. All we learned this time is something that makes no sense whatsoever. In 1990, Red is coming home to see his wife and family. What, for an entire year? And then, but then they said that he did they're telling us Red disappeared in 1990, correct? And according to what most people think, that means in December because they're talking about Christmas, correct? So the fire is the previous year in end of 1990, uh, 1999, 1989, or beginning of 1990. Because Katerina, two months later in 1990, commits suicide or walks into the ocean because they never say commit suicide. Walk into the ocean. There's a reason for that, folks. Um, so, you're telling me that Ren disappeared in 1990 in December, but he was walking around for an entire year in which he had not disappeared, but nobody knew where he was, and he was running from the cabal, but nobody questioned. He had a burn back and a, sh a, a gun, um, a gun wound, and. There he is. It's nobody knows where he is yet. He hasn't disappeared. So, what exactly does it constitute disappear in the show? Because I thought that if nobody knows where you are, that pretty much says you disappeared. But apparently, according to this, there is two disappears. There is disappear when I'm just nobody knows where I am, and then there is appear when officially I'm disappearing. That only comes when you leave a car with gifts. 
Uh, because I, I didn't know that. Maybe that's a protocol for disappearing officially. <laughs> <laughs> so now you, you see my quandary here. Yeah. Is that yeah. They're giving us this thing now, that, or that's what Red's saying, that he, in, he was running from these people. He wasn't. Red didn't have the fulcrum. And I keep telling people this. He's saying, remember what, what Braxton said about the fulcrum? I know about the house, the fire, the girl. And before then, he said something that at the time, everybody was like, what? He said, I know where it was 20 years ago, and I know when it disappeared. 20 years ago is 1994. Now, if Red had had the fulcrum in that house, and he was a man having Liz in that house, he must be the, the biggest imbecile in the entire history of fictional characters because having given it to Liz to put in, the, in somewhere, he then erases her memory without finding it. Yay! That's really smart, Red. And then... He proceeds to find the fulcrum and trying to find the fulcrum for 30 years. And then finally it says, you know, they can only find it through you. Then we have in 1994, that's when he makes the deal with Fitch. So that means that in 1994 is when a situation occurred that Red could conceivably make Fitch believe that he actually had acquired the fulcrum. And thus, he was in a position to say, well, either you leave me alone or I make this contents known. So that's 1994. So in 1990, Rent hasn't done anything. I also want to say, I want to throw this as speaking of Fitch. Um, so supposedly, Red broke ties and disappeared on Christmas Eve with the gifts in the car so that the U.S. government would chase him down versus the cabal, which would be some U.S., some Russian, going after Carla and Jennifer. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. That, that's very much in character for him. That's, you know, that, that does make sense. But we've seen two heads of the cabal since it started. We don't know who's currently sitting at head. But since it started, since since the show started, we saw Fitch was heading up the cabal. National was, Intelligence. He, he was the assistant director, uh, a deputy oh, director not, of, of National CIA. Intelligence. Not oh, okay. The CIA. Oh, okay. Of National Intelligence. Okay, but still in in, in espionage mm-hmm. intelligence. In fact, uh, the boss of anybody on the CIA. Oh, okay. Good to know. Um, and then you have you have um. Uh, the uh, the clan, uh, the director of the clandestine service yeah, is basically yeah. in uh, charge of anybody undercover. I'm just blanking his name. Oh, Peter Kotiopoulos. Kotiopoulos, thank you. I'm sorry. It's one of it's been a really long week, guys. <laughs> sorry, um, but you had Kotiopoulos. You had the director. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't pronounce his name. Um, not tonight. Um, but you had the the director of the CIA as the second one in that followed up. So he was mm-hmm. very highly. Ranked. So you have two people. In the intelligence community, that couldn't find a a missing man's wife. And like, I understand how Red can disappear. He's in intelligence. He's good at that. I get that. But he puts them into protective custody, which is government run. And these two people in the U.S. intelligence realm couldn't find them. 
Um, like and, and he didn't. Think, I, I, like I can I understand why they wouldn't be. I can understand why they wouldn't be worth tracking down for them. Like after he disappeared, I understand that. But at that point, why up in their lives at all? Like he made it sound like he put them into protective custody to make sure that the cabal wouldn't get them. And that just doesn't make sense to me because the cabal is full of intelligence agencies, uh, intelligence agents. I'm like, they, they could find them. This is not no, 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 a stretch. Wait, wait, wait. wait. There, yes. I, I know, I know where you're coming from, but I think I know why is that. Remember that there were some things that neither one of them knew. For example, Peter Kosiopoulos sends Braxton to a CIA-operated prison to break into it, and and he does it to prong. He does it to get Red to go after him because if Red goes after him, then he knows he doesn't have the fulcrum because he will, otherwise he wouldn't go and try to stop him from finding the fulcrum. And he does it, too, because he cannot access that. Just because he's CIA doesn't mean that the CIA is a highly secretive, compartmentalized um, company in which one hand doesn't know what the other one does. And and he would be probably particularly suspected because he's in clandestine services. So, you know, they wouldn't even know when they were spying or what they were spying on. But I always found that very interesting because that meant that the information to find the fulcrum was in a secure intelligence node, which means what could information be? Who had, who were the people in the house that night? Who had that house? That means who had Liz? Or the address of the house? Or the, or the recent information on who these people really were? And that means that that's an information that Peter didn't have. Otherwise, he could have find the, tried to find the fulcrum without breaking into that server. So there is something going on in there in this whole thing that the entire thing doesn't make sense. Unless, of course, it does make sense if it's my Christmas theory, which is the Orthodox Christmas. It doesn't disappear in December 1990, but in, in January 7, 1990, the whole thing is one event, and we don't have this crazy year. So in a way, Red... Red is not telling Jennifer the truth about the fire, same as he wasn't telling Liz the truth about them. So he lies to both of them, and he leaves entire portions of of his life out from one another. So that's my my, um, my, uh, my whole uh, canon for this. It's, It's a complicated show. A lot of the parts seem to fit and then, you know, because you look at them, it's like I don't know if you ever assemble puzzles, but sometimes you you know that you're in the general vicinity and they look like they could fit and actually you could almost put them together, but they don't really go well. Yeah, they're just barely off. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're getting here is you know that there's a piece we haven't seen and that is why nothing quite fits. And it Writing is that way a lot of times. Yeah, and and I don't know, you know, at this point I I have my doubts about whether this is 
exceptional writing or really bad. Um, um, Expectations and hopes are entirely different things for me right now. It's just because I keep going and I, and I have identified those pieces that seem to fit, but don't. So, and I, I was very ecstatic when in 508 we got that little bit that finally made sense of something that had been robbing me raw for years, which was how did Berlin find red? Why did he use that peculiar phrase? I made a connection. My connection means a it's not mean like, hey, you know what? I went investigating and Tom King came to me and said, hey, I'm your, I got I'm my, the enemy of your enemy. I'm me. Um, so I don't know. I am, um, I like the, the episode. I agree that it was in like, wow, episode. I love Jennifer. I love the fact that just when you think that she looked like a little downtrodden sack of wet clothes. There I, she goes. I didn't. I would just no, like you to point didn't. that out. I did, I did not. I did. And, <laughs> I have and, been on Team Jennifer. Jen has and, been on Team Jennifer. <laughs> I I honestly, she made a fan of me. I, you know, then she's, she starts showing some splunk, almost to the point that make me wonder if she's not in on the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see her being a whole lot more than what we've even seen so far. And I would love it. I, I just, I would love it. Did you notice something when Red came to the door and There's knocked on her door? <laughs> Say what? <laughs> Did you notice that when Red comes to the door, she's already re- like expecting him? She has a coat on and the whole thing. Uh, no, I actually didn't notice that, but that's not. I mean, it's it's almost like like um, she has that in common with him. Did set it up. Knowing exactly that Red was going to go well, for her. While Red was playing Liz, Liz was playing Red. I hope so. I, I would be 500% on board with that. That would make me a very happy, very happy fan to see that happen. I mean, it's just like, otherwise, like, Jennifer, Carla sat Jennifer down. Did you notice, too, that they're calling her Naomi? And it's like, but you know that your out. mother was Carla. That is so bizarre. She, he's not calling her Lillian. He's calling her Jennifer. Yeah. So it's the whole thing is just beyond bizarre. Uh, it's almost yeah, I like I don't understand like, Naomi. Like Jennifer didn't know what, who Carla really was. Um, they're playing something strange in all this thing, um, and it almost. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm getting. I'm getting something, uh, some vibe here that if if my theory is right, which, you know, by now it's becoming more and more difficult to believe. Um, certainly the girls look a lot more, you know, take after the mother, not the father. I mean, because, I mean, and think about it. This is Katerina adding one more broken life into her. I mean, now you have Frank, you know, and she got killed. And notice that she was buried with her name, Naomi Highland, not whatever, whatever. Complicated story. Um, I'm just honestly hoping that they give me a surprise and I'm like, wow, that was great. I hope so. I, I would be very much on board with the surprise. Um, do you have anything else to add? Nope. I thought this was going to be a short one. 
Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been it was it was an interesting episode. I'm I'm honestly hoping that we get two phenomenal episodes um, for the ending, and they they really blow my mind because I've invested five million words. I've been in, and that's in Tumblr alone, because God Lord knows I've been in Reddit, I've been in the old Wall Street Journal place, and um, it would be very sad if it was for not. I, I'm right there with you. I mean, you know, I, the roomie did a word count on me the other day, and I don't even remember what it was, and that was just fan fiction. This is not even talking about the metas that I've written and mm-hmm. the conversations I've had. And the podcast that we've done. <laughs> the hours we've spent. Oh, good heavens. And I mean, to be fair, I mean, we're playing in someone else's sandbox. I, I made the comments mm-hmm. through me today. I said, yeah, playing in the, or no, it was last night after the episode. I said, yeah, we're playing their sandbox right now. I'm just throwing the sand. <laughs> I'm so angry. I'm throwing the sand. <laughs> but, you know, I, I hope, I, I do hope in the end of it, because I've had moments where I've looked at them and gone, what are you people thinking? And then they've proven me wrong. And so there's always going right up until the bitter end. There will always be a small part of me that hopes that I am the one that's wrong. I am the one that got snookered in all of this and that they're pulling the rug out from my feet and I'm going to land and go, holy crap, you people are brilliant. Okay. And if they do, you know me, I will be the first person to say it. I will be the first person to, to give them the kudos. And I hope that I can. I just don't see a scenario right now. It's mm. for years I was asked, you know, would you ever be okay with them killing Tom Keene? Is there ever a scenario? I said, I can't see a scenario in which it would make sense that they do. And I said, that's that's the thing. I said, they're fantastic writers, and I can't see a good writing solution for killing Tom, you know, at the point that they were asking it. It was always past, past the Drexel episode. I feel like Drexel was the turning point for the Keens. And, um... And I still feel that way. The and it's I, it's easy to slough that off as saying, "Oh, you're a Keen Squared fan. You're a Tom fan." Yes, some of that goes into it. There's no discounting that. There's no discounting that when they kill your favorite, that's going to bother you, or your even your second favorite. You know what, what have you? But my biggest issue with that, I I could be upset and still move on and not be freakishly bitter. If, as far as I can see in the writing, it has decimated Liz's, a fulfilling ending for Liz, in which she get, they they went out of their, and I know I've said this a thousand times, but bear with me one more, in which they went out of their way to point out what her, what she wanted, and then again, went out of their way to have Reddington promise her that she would have that, and then to have Reddington partially responsible for that to go away. Well, that, to me, decimates Reddington never really it. promised that she would have a yes, walk in the yes, park. Yes, he did. She said, you will have the simple life that you want. That's not exactly it. And it wasn't about not letting go, I think. I think it's a lot darker and after this episode, you know, um, this was dark. Yeah, you you have thought that for a while, and and I understand that. I actually, I finally finished Alias. It was like a three year experience, but I finally finished it, and that that is the kind of ending I was looking for. 
was like the ending of Alias, like the ending of Fringe. These shows that have these dark themes, these painful themes that run all through them, loss and struggle and all of this. And and then in the end, you've still got something that you're walking away with because I feel like in the day and age we live in, that there's there's so much pain and anguish out there that people come to their television sets for an escape. It's the same reason you read a book. It's the same reason you watch a TV show, a movie. You come for an escape, and why on earth would you want the same old, same old that you see, you know, people Mm -hmm. say, oh, there are no happy endings in real life. Well, I'm not looking at this for real life. I'm not watching a show about heightened reality for real life. I turn on the news for that. Thank you, but no. And so it's, and to be fair, that's, it's part of where I come from as a writer, that that is very much my, my direction. And it's something I've, I'm very solid on where I write and that I swear this show has made me even more solid, (laughs) but it just, it bothers me. It doesn't, I, I know you and I have, have a different opinion on this particular genre that, Mm-hmm. That we see that we see it differently, but as of right now, I can't foresee a way that they can fix this. And maybe they don't want to. Maybe they don't. But well, I feel like they, that they is... might be a number of ways they do this. Um, I think you. Ha- I mean, for that, you really have to wait and see how long they have. It's going to be very different if next season is the last, or if they say, "Well, we still got two seasons. Maybe we got five seasons." Oh God, the way they're stretching it now, I hope they don't have five seasons. I, I hope not. I think that God, you have they'll run out of any ideas. Story, but you're yeah, you're 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 turning into you know a, a procedural in which you you think you're revealing something, but you're not. Yeah, they're not revealing anything. I mean, they didn't... There were these big moments where you're supposed to be revealing something. I mean, the discussion between Reddington and Jennifer should have given some nugget of truth there, and it gave us really nothing. Nothing new. A bunch of of negatives. uh, Things that couldn't have been. Reddington couldn't have been running in 1990 from the the cabal for a whole year. You know... Carla, there was made no sense that Carla was killed with two bullets. It made no sense that Red didn't know where Carla was. It made no sense yeah. that Frank tracked Jennifer. It just nothing, nothing in that matched up, and so that's yeah. Anyway, I I'm done with my my grumblings. There there yeah. are all my grumblings. <laughs> we had someone the other day that left us a YouTube message said, "Would you please stop complaining about this show? I love it." And I'm just like. Sorry, man, I used to, you know, (laughs) like, I I really would like to stop complaining about it. That would be very, very nice. (laughs) Well, well, we're going to give it a run until the end of, until 522, and we will let you guys know. What are we uh, planning to do with the podcast for next season, if, if there is a next season? Um, and, um, but, uh, tell us if you are interested in that we do a special edition in which you guys can call in. Yeah, we were talking about that and I know I've talked to people individually about it. And so Tessa and I were talking about it before we started recording today. We we would love to do an episode that was very, very much had interaction with you guys because we don't get to talk to you a whole lot 
together. You know, it's either on Facebook or on Twitter or on Tumblr, and it's always just one of us. And so it'd be a lot of fun if we could piece together a show in which we talked with people that are listening, you know, and we use uh, we use Skype to record, so it would be something that you could do without, you know, if you live overseas. We probably have to choose, like, a Saturday at, at noon so people in most yeah. time zones can still, you know, call us and talk to us. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. We're, we're very open to something like that. Be be great times. So, all right. Until then, until next uh, episode, Yeah. have a lovely week. And we'll see you at the next uh, at the next um... next episode. Uh, you can catch us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. I was going to say something less nice than episode, but we can go with episode. We'll call it an episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye bye. <laughs> Until then.